I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics from personal stories to hot button issues. We cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy the Vampire. Now the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their own pop culture classroom. Absolutely. We're having class outside. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, hi, hello, we're We're Stand Together, a pop culture academic symposium. Uh-huh. We're the pop culture professors. We're smart people talking dumb topics. And this smart person is Lauren Berkman. <laughs> hi. Hi, Lauren. My name's Caitlin Bitsagai. <laughs> it's very nice to meet you. Uh, I am punch drunk today after a Ooh. long... After a long day of teaching. <laughs> there you go. We got you straight, straight out of the classroom. Oh, yeah. This is that midterm vibe that we're riding Ooh, high on. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Running on fumes. And I would know because I've taught at the college level as well. We both mm -hmm. have master's degrees, and yet we spend all of our time. <laughs> talking about standing while Lauren sits in a closet. It's true. It's true. I actually today in one of my classes, um, so one of the students was late. I didn't want to start class till everyone was there. So I spent so much time talking to them about what I thought about Harry's outfit last night on the Oprah oh, Winfrey outfit. And I paused and they were like, we didn't know you were into the Royals. I was like, I'm not. 
I'm just into like things that like everyone's talking right. about. Right. I like, mean, I can't believe you said a Harry and it wasn't Harry Styles. It's that true. threw me even. It was confusing for everyone, but this is where we're at today. This is I, They're just lucky that I didn't talk to them about the thing that I'm actually standing this week because none of them would have had any idea what it is. Oh, yeah. No, not at all. Tell us. Tell us. Caitlin, I can't believe... I Thank God that there aren't more episodes out right now because I probably would have called in sick today because I, if there were more episodes, I would just be watching Real World Homecoming nonstop. Yeah. Folks, if you're not watching this, Paramount Plus or whatever this new CBS streaming platform is. Totally confusing. Totally confusing. But what's not confusing is they have gotten season one, the original cast of the real world, back together during quarantine, thrown them back in that original penthouse. And I was crying. I literally started crying within the first two minutes of the episode because I was just like overcome with nostalgia and feelings. Yeah, it's it's a really, really uh, good show. I did watch as well. Um, I didn't know I had Paramount Plus because I didn't know that it was CBS All Access. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what the next name they're going to have is. Yeah. And it's amazing they got them all to do it and that they got access to that loft again. Yeah. It's They didn't deck. What I like is they decorated it kind of the same, which in 92 looked amazing. Now looks bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But they didn't they didn't try to update. And I respect that. I love it. I love it. They're not trying to hide from any of the like issues they had either. Like they're not trying to gloss it over. Like out the gate. It's like, yeah, we weren't always nice to each other. Some of us haven't seen each other since the 90s. Like they're being very honest, very real. And I'm very here for it. And Heather is still an icon. She was, is, and always will be. Uh, she is so funny. I've seen her several times uh, when I've been lucky enough to be a guest on a Sirius XM program. Mm. Back when we went into buildings, she was there all the time. I believe she had her own show, and I was always starstruck. Well, Heather rolled in day one. She has an entire suitcase that's just booze. She had a rolling bar. It, it, iconic. And she had bottles for everyone to put on their beds. I was like, my God, you're all in your... <laughs> Like, my God. A legend. An absolute legend. Well, that's what I'm streaming. But what are you? That's what I'm streaming. That's what I'm standing and but streaming. Both, both. I'm doing both. What are What are you standing this week, Caitlin? Well, you know, Real World started it all back in 92. And now we've had over 45,000 reality shows. And thank God there's there's a new one for me. And it is Below Deck Sailing Yacht. Now, I'm. this is actually in its second season, but I'm only on the first. So mm. Below Deck Sailing Yacht Stands, bear with me. <laughs> Below Deck has been a little bit of a, a like a dark horse that has become a Bravo empire. There's yeah. Below Deck. There's Below Deck Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. Now there's Below Deck Sailing Yacht, which famously wow. I have taken one sailing lesson. So could I work on the boat? Um, almost certainly. Uh, and they'll be reaching out <laughs> soon. But I... Just, I think it's so pretty. It's really just looking at pretty things. This first mm-hmm. season takes place in Greece, which I've never been to Greece. I have been to Croatia, which is where season two takes place. So I'm basically watching season one to get to season two as if there's any continuity or it matters. We've got some, already got some conflict between people that have been living on the boat for nine months when it was docked and the new crew that's coming in. <laughs> oh, oh. There, there's some issues, honey. There's issues between them and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Have you ever watched a Below Deck, Lauren? Oh, I have. Um, Okay, okay. Now, I have to say, there's no one that watches Bravo as much as you do, except for my mom. And Mm -hmm. so I catch up on these shows when anytime I enter Barbara's um, household. And so I did catch up on a lot of Below Deck over the holidays. And um, 
Yeah, I like I love these shows because these like for me, Below Deck is not something I'm ever current on. But right. it's a great show that like when I run out of stuff, I go back to. Absolutely, it's there, and I can see you feeling for the chefs of these shows. Yeah, there's always one character that seems like they take their job more seriously than anyone else on the boat, and that's always the person I'm I'm rooting for. The I see. Person, I see. There's always the person on one of those on the Below Decks who's like don't you all realize this is a job? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it does have that feeling of like, people may still work on teams virtually, but it's mm-hmm. different than in person when you're yeah. like, oh, one person is just not trying. But I will say, I I will sign up for a sailing class so that you and I can get cast on the next season. <laughs> the below deck, all crashes. <laughs> and Stan Stans, if you're listening, you know what we always stand. Five star review. Five star review. Five star reviews. Yeah. It costs you nothing and it gives back (laughs) so much. So take a moment, pause the pod for just a second, and why don't you mosey on over to that iTunes rate this show? Much like Kangaroos did. Kangaroos wrote, love this pod. Just discovered this pod and I'm addicted. Smart people talking about dumb things is 100% the energy I need right now. It's so good. Love this pod to bits. Well, kangaroos, we love you to bits. I mean, the name kangaroos. I mean, come on. I I like I'm choosing to believe that actual kangaroos in Australia have discovered this podcast and we're really hitting it big with the marsupials. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Okay, well, I'm angry then because they need to each get their own account. Mm-hmm. Be kangaroo one, kangaroo two, kangaroo three. Don't just like go together as a group. Yeah. But nonetheless, thank you. I know you probably don't have Wi-Fi in your field. You had to pay for an internet cafe. So thank you. Yeah, I hope I hope <laughs> next month we get some dolphins. <gasps> dolphins, are you listening? We're echolocating you. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an incredible guest today. Absolutely. Uh, talk about someone we stand. We've got Puya Massini, Iranian actor and trans advocate. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me as I'm sitting here listening to you gushing back and forth about real world and below deck. And I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> well, we try to entertain people even when it seems like we're speaking our own ang- language. So <laughs> hopefully we succeed it. Well, it seems like Lauren, you might need our our theme today more than anyone. Uh, Today, we're talking about self-care in film and TV, the good, the bad, and what we should all really be doing for ourselves. And I did go to dictionary.com to make sure Uh that I had the right definition of self-care. Dictionary.com says self-care is the act of attending to one's physical or mental health. Mm-hmm. And I like that simple definition. Now, yeah, on the at the top of the show, we always like to put our listeners at ease by sharing some credentials that we think, you know, give us the the audacity. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say the audacity to speak like we're experts on a topic, but you know, whatever. So Caitlin, what do you think are your self-care creds? You know, I was thinking about going back to like before I knew what self-care was, when I was mm-hmm. a child. What did I do to sort of just like relieve stress? What made me happy? And I did love those uh, cold eye uh, glasses. Mm. Those are always great. But just to be an added weirdo, I would blow up a intertube as for a swimming pool and just sit on my bed with that. <laughs> just like wow. kind of like it's sort of a spa chair. Yeah. That's very industrious of you. Yeah. It's- I I realize that I've always sort of looked to television to figure out what self-care was. And I also, as a child, before I really knew what it was, tried to practice it with my Barbies. My Mm -hmm. favorite thing, my absolute favorite thing to do was to play spa day with Barbie. 
And I would bring my Barbies to the bathroom and like they would get lotion and they would get, um, you know, all sorts of different like water treatments going on. Um, often it would result in haircuts for Barbie. And that did not always please my mom um, because sometimes spa day would turn into punk rock day and Barbie would go into the bathroom uh, to get some you know, cold cream and she'd exit with no hair. Sure. So she'd basically go in in the 60s and come out in the 80s. A hundred. Yes. Yes. There was a wow. big time warp going on at my spa. Uh, how about you, Puya? What are some of your self-care creds? You know, I mean, I grew up in a world that like the concept of self-care, just no one ever talked about it. Right. right. I mean, so just people know I grew up in Iran during the 80s, which there was a war going on for eight years, you know, bombings, food mm-hmm. rations, power outages, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, so like, you know, not getting bombed and having food on your plate and being around your family. That was like, Yay, that was score. Uh, and, and I'm, <laughs> that was score. I, I mean, I'm being a little light about it, but like right. at the end of the day, uh, you made it to the end of the day, you didn't get bombed. That was a good day. Right. And then having been in New York now for 20 something years, I've worked in the design industry and now I've been a massage therapist for about 15 years Ooh, and wow. I've been an actor for 11. I think there is the notion of self-care and then there's actual self-care. The notion of self-care, especially in the Western world, is about buying something, whether it's you buy a certificate for a spa day or Mm -hmm. you buy manicure, pedicure or you buy, you know, whatever is the thing Mm -hmm. that you want. You know, somebody wants to buy themselves a new pair of shoes or a bag, whereas I, as somebody who's not very wealthy, Mm-hmm. But somebody who has also dedicated her life to taking care of people and trying to be a healer for the past 15 years. Uh, self-care is something that is kind of like is in my psyche. It's something I'm always thinking about. But also as someone who used to work in the design world, and the main reason I left was because I felt I was part of the perpetuating of consumerism. Mm. I have tried to look at what self-care can mean without it being equal to buying something. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. So like the root of it, the simple fact, you know, basic things I do, uh, eat something you like, that you enjoy. <laughs> Make it if it makes you happy. You know what? You want to play which piggy went to the market with your toes and that does it for you? <laughs> that could be self-care. Um redecorating your room just just sitting there and looking right. outside you and like self-care in essence is something that brings you peace and contentment mm. for however long you want it and we live in a world that we're always being bombarded by oh if you do this you're going to be happy if you do that <laughs> you're going to be relaxed which in my mind makes you even more anxious because you're like oh my god i don't have that other thing that's going to make me have self-care right. um, <laughs> whereas i look at it as I want to be still. I want to look inside. I want to look at like, what are the things that bother me as a person and trying to resolve that. So my self-care is trying to take care of my soul. Like, you know, this spiritual part of existence and not just the material because the material, all you need to go is go online and there are like eight ads at any given time telling you what you can buy to look prettier, feel younger, feel more relaxed. And I'm telling you, they do not do any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for this. I love this, that self-care is about 
something you do for your soul. I love that. And Absolutely. That actually ties in very nicely with our first game that we're going to play. I mm-hmm. we have a game here. We love to play games here mm-hmm. at We Stand Together. And this first game, I when we were brainstorming for this episode, there was one celebrity in particular that I had to honor today because when I think of self-care and I think about how I learned about what it was and what I associate it with, the first person that honestly comes to my mind is Oprah. Because- <laughs> Do you know Oprah and I share a birthday? <gasps> oh, wow. Okay. So there's something, there's something magical in the air that I love this. <laughs> I used to run home from school and watch her show as a kid. And I think that like she truly like it's her voice in my head sometimes when it's like, girl, take a break. It's okay. It's like, thank you, Oprah. So uh, I have created a little game today called Oprah or Nopra, where (laughs) I have five different quotes about self-care and some of them have come from Oprah's mouth herself, and some of them have come from other celebrities. So I'm going to give you a quote, and you're going to guess if it's Oprah or Noprah. I'm going to screw this up, but okay, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> I think you're going to be great. You have that birthday connection. Yeah, yeah. you can feel it. <laughs> you're, you're one of her favorite things that she talks about on her birthday. Bring it on, sister. All right, so our first quote is, I always give myself Sundays as a spiritual base of renewal, a day when I do absolutely nothing. I sit in my jammies or take a walk, and I allow myself to be, capital B-E, with myself. Is that Oprah or Noprah? Oprah. It is. It is. Already cursing it right out the gate. I saw that quote and I thought of you because I we had a lovely chat on a Sunday mm-hmm. when we were talking about what topic we might talk about today. And I was like, I got to use the Sunday. Quote. I've learned from the best, you know, <laughs> my, my my birthday sister. All right. Next quote. This next quote is I have a bath every single day of my life. And if I can have two or three amazing, nothing terrible is going to happen in the bath. So I always find time for that. I'll talk. Ta- I'll take phone conversations in the bath. Anything. Nopra. It was not Oprah. You're correct. That was Emma Watson. <laughs> yeah, that that just felt. Yeah, I'm not going to say what it felt like, but it did not feel like Oprah. You know what? That's crazy, though, because Oprah is a bath person. I remember her talking about that on the show, but she didn't say it. She didn't phrase it that way. Nope. Nope. She talks about it very differently. Wow. Two for two. You're crushing it. All right. Here's the next one. This next quote is breathe. Let go and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know you have for sure. Oprah. It is. You're crushing it. Kindred. Kindred. All right. Let's see about this next one. We have to care about our bodies and what we put in them. Women have to take time to focus on our mental health. Take time for self, for the spiritual, without feeling guilty or selfish. The world will see you the way they see you and treat you the way you treat yourself. Nopra. You're correct. Wow. Yeah. But it felt I when I read this, I I assumed it was an Oprah quote. <laughs> you you know, do you want me to tell you why I yeah. thought that it was an Oprah? The essence felt like Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um the way it was constructed, it sounded more indulgent and showy that I know Oprah to be. Wow. But you know, like the essence we have from people, Mm -hmm. like what was being said. Yeah, I could totally imagine the way it was being said. I'm like, no, I can't imagine Oprah talking. Well, since you're so good at this game, I want to know, do you have a guess of what celebrity it might have been that said it? I have no idea. (laughs) 
it was it makes sense and as soon as you say it's a little flashier it's like oh yeah because these two it's beyonce which makes sense is the flashier oprah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and it's like it's age it's just the kind mm-hmm. of people that they are maybe generation and one's a performer versus the other is like a journalist and a host you know two different you know oprah's job is to sort of put the spotlight on other people oprah's like the mom Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beyonce is like the cool aunt. Oh my Total. god! Now I just—I've des- never thought about how badly I need to see the two of them in a movie together. But now I thought about it, and now I'm never gonna stop thinking about it. Oprah and Beyonce as like oh, mother daughter or sisters. Oh, I gotta see it. All right, we have one final quote for you to guess if it's Oprah or an Oprah. So far, okay. you're four for four. Let's see if you can get the fifth and final. Okay. When you undervalue what you do, the world where undervalue who you are oprah yeah wow five four five a, a true self-care expert <laughs> wow you know your oprahs you know your nopras <laughs> you know and it's not even that it's like i can say that i've heard her say those things mm-hmm. it's just i've kind of uh from a distance i've grown up with um, of course Oprah, I mean, the woman's yeah. been around for like 30-something years in, in our minds yeah. before our eyes. She keeps manifesting from one thing to something even bigger and better. But it's just her essence, it how she speaks. I've watched so many of her interviews from, you know, it's like when she used to have her show and then when that ended and it went into Soul Sundays with, with Oprah. Yes. And like one of my life ambitions is, Someday, someday, I'm going to get interviewed. Uh, um, well, the way I look at it is like, you know, Oprah and I are going to sit across from each other and have tea. And mm-hmm, I would mm-hmm. bring her Persian cookies and she would ask me about, you know, what they are. But it's wow. like, Oprah, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I love you a lot. I love this. Oprah does listen. So, yes, we will connect you mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, you'll get an email from Gail tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> Gail at OprahWinfrey.com. I'll be like, <laughs> I love it so much. Well, I think I can see it. I, I can see it crystal clear. You, Oprah Potati, sitting in Gail's backyard. It seems to be the new place to get interviewed. We're in I'll even make spot. the tea. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, I th- that was excellent. I I. I'm going to need to take a break real quick and pour myself a cup of tea and then we'll be right back. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We're all cozy and ready to dive back into some more self-care talk. Uh, yes. So I, you know, as always, listeners, you you get this about me. I sit down with one idea for a thesis, and then I Google my way into a different thesis each week. And this week was uh, no different. I was looking for inspiration to build the game, and I came across this really interesting um, article written by a, a writer named Allison Foreman. She wrote a piece for Mashable called Eight of TV's Best Self-Care Role Models. And I really liked that. This idea that like characters on TV could be role models for self-care. And like we said earlier, it was like my earliest memories of like trying to process what self-care was, was like trying to copy behavior I saw in movies and TV. And so I was looking at this list and at number eight on this list was a character that I would have never in a million years associated with self-care until I read this, but Moira Rose played by Kathleen O'Hara on Schitt's Creek. Um, this writer, Allison Foreman said that for her, the self-care takeaway of Moira Rose is be honest with others and yourself about what you need. It's not silly. It's you. And that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. And I dug that and I dug it so hard. And I thought like the more I thought about it and I like went back and watched some different clips and stuff that they pointed out. Um, and then I realized when you start to really look at the world of Schitt's Creek, it's kind of all self-care because like all of the characters on that show are on journeys like learning about boundaries and learning about like, you know, how to put joy into the things that they're doing and not just do the things that you think you're supposed to do, but the things that you actually want to do. And mm-hmm. I know that we you were talking about trying not to um, buy into the idea of capitalism as self-care. But I do think it's kind of cool that Dan's character creates a space where people can buy those products that are typically considered, like, I think, big city, right? So they're living in this small town and they're making accessible these things and these tools that I think traditionally are not ex- uh, made accessible. And I really like that. And I really love this idea that Schitt's Creek, as much as it's about like family and love and all that, it's also about people learning how to take care of themselves. Can I interject? Of course. Okay. So what I was saying about consumerism, it's not Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't buy things that make you happy. Yeah. My problem with the advertising world is that everything is equated with a thing. Sure. So if a scarf makes you happy, by all means. My thing a couple of weeks ago, don't ask me why, but I had this idea, like, if this is my last day of living, what is the one thing I want? And I kept thinking. And the one thing that popped in my head was like the dumbest thing was a can of sweetened condensed milk. 
It's just like, you know, buck 99, maybe like 299, whatever it is. But it's like all I felt that I had missed, you know, if today was like the last day of my living was this Sweden. So, yes. Or, you know, something that you really like to eat, something that's um, mm-hmm. really um, delicious and rich and fabulous and not you do. I'm just saying not because the culture keeps telling us that we are going to mm-hmm. find happiness and joy and containment outside of us. I'm just saying it can be found anywhere. It can sure. be found inside you. It can be found in your teddy bear. It can be found <laughs> in taking a walk by yourself. It can be found in, you know, playing footsie with yourself in the bathtub. I mean, like, I'm not judging. Um, I mean, you know, just make sure it's your own foot. Uh, <laughs> you know, in case there are other people in the bathtub with you. Well, I guess this opens up this whole idea of, you know, Moira Rose and the world of Schitt's Creek being like role models of self-care made me wonder... Like, who have some of your best fictional teachers been? Like, Mm -hmm, what fictional mm -hmm. characters have you sort of like? Because I think it's, you know, everyone's on their own different journeys. But I think a lot of us probably um, have to look to the art we consume to find those sorts of role models. And I'm I'm curious, who have some of yours been? When it comes to (laughs) self-care? Yeah. You know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. and I used to watch reruns of Dynasty, the old Dynasty, <gasps> not the yes. new one. Yes. And I just, one of the things when you were talking about is like, you just do what you want, and that's self-care. <laughs> and the character that Joan Collins played, you yes. know, like the star of the show. That's Alexis, amazing. Uh, Alexis Morel, Carrington, Colby, Dexter, whatever <laughs> was the one after that. And it's like, she was like, if something bothered her, everybody knew. Uh, now, I think that's taking it a little too far because then sure. on the other side, if you have to put so much venom and angst into your self-care, I don't know how much of a self-care it is. Yeah, yeah But it yeah. was this idea of like, you are making me uncomfortable, so I'm going to fire you. <laughs> and I'm like, in a way, it's kind of like, oh, whatever doesn't work for me, like, shoo. Um, I don't know if in reality that would be great <laughs> self-care. I think in reality there are just probably more people that i aspire to be like i don't know some like hippie mama and uh <laughs> kind of like in in california uh growing her herbs all of them um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all the different kinds of herbs and you know she's got her boyfriend and her lover and her kids and they're all kind of living in some big ranch i don't know that's some kind of self-care i guess <laughs> i mean i wish but that's not quite where my life is yet. Aspirational. Aspirational. Yes. That, that's yes. my aspiration yes. for my life. I yes. love it. I love Joan Collins and Dynasty as being a, a self-care aspiration. Kayla, what about you? Who are some of your fictional teachers? Um, it's a great question. And you know, I you're going to feel like I've only ever seen one show. Okay. And have only seen one character on this show. But mm-hmm. someone that jumps to mind is Carlton from Fresh Prince. Because he loves his music and his Mm -hmm. dancing, and that helps him self-care. He's a very tightly wound man otherwise, but he found a healthy way to express himself. And it's iconoclastic within his world, and he gets to meet Tom Jones eventually. It's so true. I love that. You're so right. I would have never called that self-care. But what else is that dancing that you do? Like, I love that. That's, I love that so much. And then it makes me think of actually a lot of characters on Ally McBeal, which <gasps> we talked about recently, particularly Jane Krakowski's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about that at one point. The character talks about, like, I prioritize my life outside of work 
and pursuing other projects, be it singing or developing a face bra. Yeah. <laughs> and not being a high-powered lawyer, and that's how she distinguishes herself from the other characters. I thought that was cool. How about the Golden Girls? Oh, my yes. God. Especially Sophia. So Sophia, or even Rose. I don't know if it's so much self-care, but she just seems to kind of, you know, just walk through life. Everything is always okay. Yeah. I think all I think Blanche, Rose, and Sophia are all great at it. And I think Dorothy probably Dorothy needs probably it. needed she needs it. Yeah. She struggles. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. I think that unfortunately Sophia didn't instill in Dorothy a very good sense of what self-care could be. <laughs> I think that may actually be exactly why Dorothy needed self-care was mm-hmm. because of Sophia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need a yeah. prequel show that explores <gasps> their mother-daughter relationship yes, growing up please. in Brooklyn. Oh my god, why has no one done that yet? I'm sure yeah. they've been waiting for this moment. Somebody just, has that script. It would just be called Petrillo and <gasps> about their family life. Oh my God. Every week we stumble upon these TV shows I want to watch that haven't been made yet. Somebody has to start greenlighting these projects. Someone has, besides us, we keep saying they're greenlit, but nothing <laughs> happens. And I will play young Dorsey. I uh, love it. Love it. I love it. I love it. Ma. <laughs> uh oh, the audition. She's doing a self tape. She's doing a self tape. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, well, I guess my my last question before I toss it over to you, Caitlin, for the next game is: so those are some of the people who have taught us about self care on TV. But like, what do you think? What is the character that we need right now? Like, what is this mm-hmm. character that? you think the world needs to see like if you could describe the character for you know 2021 2022 tv season that's going to help you know educate the next generation what does that role model look like on tv do you think a new generation of uh julia sugar baker from designing women i mean i know that people are going to say but dixie carter was conservative i'm not talking about dixie carter the person i'm talking about julia sugarbaker the character from designing women and you know it's a a little sad that Mm -hmm. like we have to look back to those shows to think that in some cases women had better roles on network television than they do now because Mm -hmm. they were fresh you know they're not that many characters like Julia Sugarbaker. She was smart. She was beautiful. She was stylish. She would tell you what she thought. She would pin you to the wall to make sure you got the point. And that was the night the lights went out in Georgia. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Yes. Well, that is a great point. And I just want to point out that that show was created by Linda Bloodworth Thomason, who was famously pushed out of CBS by enemy of this show and the world, Les Moonves, who oh, is a horrible right. man. That's right. Ugh. So many reasons to hate him, but that's a really good one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm making a face. Ah! <laughs> well, Caitlin, any fictional characters you think need to be back on our screen? I would love to see a character tackle these self-care concepts who is coming from a working class place mm-hmm. because that's the challenge right is like finding mm-hmm. finding just time to take this time when you have to really struggle to make ends meet so i think a character that could inspire people in that way would be amazing i feel like i think about this a lot when i watch the connors because i feel like right. it's a topic that comes up i love but that joke i love, I love that the connors joke. i love I it love- so much 
But I think that they're very like good at like acknowledging that that's a desire you have, but they're not thus far successful at it. Right. Um, and it was I would love to see one of them win, like particularly Jackie. I feel like Jackie's always trying. <laughs> She's trying to figure out how to do self care constantly, but she hasn't she hasn't cracked the code yet. Although I think opening the restaurant has been a certain kind of self care. Yeah. Well, that reunites her. She's going through grief as well. So yeah. She, well, also, yeah. if we're talking about Connors, you know, going yeah. back to the 90s and the original Roseanne show, mm-hmm. where it took that very weird turn where they won the lottery. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So supposedly that was going to be where they were going to, you know, their life was going to change. But I remembered that their lives didn't change for the better. No. 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 I mean, that was also yeah. the idea of like, you know, they now have money, but they're not necessarily happier. Yeah. But that just came with different problems because in a way, when their life was kind of like where it was and where mm-hmm. the Connors are now, there are other things that are more important to them, which is them, the yeah. family without the trimmings and, you know, it's mm-hmm. like all the bells and whistles. I love it so much. And I'm I'm so glad that they were able to find a way to keep it going, despite Roseanne being... It's a different show. It's definitely a different show. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, and that was my concern because I love the original show. Yeah, of course. Uh, But it's different, but in a good way. All right, well, thanks so much for talking self-care teachers on TV with me. Loved it. All right, Caitlin, I think you've got another game, right? I've got a game. And, you know, I think Aunt Jackie would actually be proud of this one. It's called Quit It and Forget It. This game was inspired by me because uh, I actually had a writing job once that was incredibly toxic. And there was a lot about the job that uh, was, let's say, unclear, if not dishonest from the start. I really hated the job. I was really unhappy. And I complained about it almost constantly. And then one day I was like, oh, I quit. And I will say I've never done anything, I think, more shocking to the people around me. Like they, they were like, wait, but like, you quit? I'm like, well, you hear me complain about this every single day. Why are you surprised? And like, I just never would have quit. And I think that's uh, something that particularly happens in the entertainment industry where like you feel like if you've got this brass ring of a certain type of job, you cannot leave. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's absolutely uh, financial reasons to stay with a job. Don't get me wrong. You don't have a money tree? Where's your money tree? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, I live in a treehouse in a money tree, <laughs> which is why I could walk away. But but I think it's interesting when there's, I kind of think, role models that are celebs and people in entertainment that walk away. Because guess what? They don't like this anymore. So, well, yeah, I'm going to describe an entertainer that has walked away. And you're going to try to name them, okay? Oh, my God. Okay. All right. <laughs> This former A-list actress put down her mask in 2014 and decided to find herself in motherhood and marriage to Benji Madden. I have no idea. You got five for five on the last game, so you're coasting. I mean, you're coasting, so don't worry about it. It's Cameron Diaz. Oh, mm-hmm. well, good for Cameron. She, yeah. uh, in 24, she's not been in a film since 2014. Of course, she's been on the Drew Barrymore show like 800 times. <laughs> But she said she didn't know herself well and she didn't want to do it anymore. And I love it. And the, I, business can do that to you. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, I'm, I'm watching this series on YouTube. It's called Be Kind to Rewind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's this wonderful host. She does this whole history and biography on a lot of actresses. Um, comparison, like, why did somebody win an Oscar this year, but not that other oh. year? And that kind of, like, I, I've become obsessed. Every night I watch, like, two episodes. And one of the things she was talking about, like, one of the latest episodes was when she was talking about Gina Rollins, who I think is 
an amazing actress. Absolutely. But the fact that like she's never that huge star is because she wanted to do it her way with John Cassavetes. She wanted to do the kind of movies that she wanted to do. And she didn't want to play the game. And, you know, I mean, show business is a game. Um, And she didn't want to play it. But the truth is in the pudding because years after, I mean, when you see her when she's young, she's stunning. And now she's uh, she's been around for, I don't know, 50, 60 years now. Yeah. Yeah. But she's still around. And to me, that's the evidence that what she has is not because she played the game, Mm -hmm. but because of her talent because of her integrity and because of what she had to offer, not because what she wanted to give somebody else to get a job. And I respect that a lot. And it's like, I look at him on Puya, you know, (laughs) aim aim for that. So when you just said that about Cameron, I feel especially like Cameron, which when she entered the biz, it was like this, you know, stunning blonde bombshell, which has a very short shelf life. And then you try to stretch that, but then you realize you're in an industry that's not really interested in you stretching that type. Like, no, we want you to be that. And when you can't be that, we have all of these other people who can be these other things. Whereas, you know, the actresses are like, well, I'm not 25 anymore. I'm 40. I have different experiences. I can bring different things. And you really have to have, I think, support people who can write good material for you and people who can guide you in the right direction into what project to take and not to take. So Mm -hmm. you can keep stretching that on your terms. Yeah, totally. And I love what you said about Gina Rowland too, because when you think about, if you really think this is going to be a marathon, like you're going to be in this industry for 50 years. So what do you want to put your energy into? Is it playing the game or is it doing the best work possible? Because you you really probably can't do both. Mm Mm-mm. Because then it becomes kind of like what Sandra Bullock fell into at some point, which it was basically 20 variations of the same movie of, you know, it's like rom-com after rom-com. It's like most people say you can't really tell them apart because, I mean, she's amazing. I I mean, Lauren Brickman can, but I I, I, Yeah, I'm I'm deeply unwell and I I wish she had made a hundred more, but (laughs) that's just me. You and she I can, can do a marathon of all the Sandra Bullock rom-coms. I'm game. I love him. All right. Next one. So this quirky comedian ended her Netflix sitcom when they refused her request for maximum 10-hour days. I have no idea. Hey, no problem. It's Maria Bamford. She ended her show Lady Dynamite after two seasons because she requested for her own mental health that she contractually never shoot more than 10 hours a day, which is still a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And those are children's hours. That's what she asked for. And think about like child actors are out there for 10 hours a day is so much. Uh, and they said no. And so she said no. A little insane trivia, apparently on the set of X, Y, and Z, which was a movie that Elizabeth Taylor and uh, Michael Caine did together in, I think, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor had in her contract that she didn't have to be on set before 10 a.m. And as Michael Caine says, she was never late. She didn't have to show up before 10, but she was never late after that. God bless. There I you go. That. I don't want that go. in my contract. You know, J-Lo even says that about herself, that she mm-hmm. actually is late, but she just comes out and does one take really well because she's been preparing. I don't know if we can completely trust all of J-Lo's self-mythologizing, but I think it's a good point. <laughs> 
All right, we got one more. He played an evil prince, but he only had a good head on his shoulders when he chose to walk away from acting to study philosophy after his character was killed off of a mega hit show. Wow. I don't know. I wouldn't have known this actor's name either. His name is Jack Gleason, and he played Prince Joffrey on Game of Thrones. And I like what he said. He said, when you make a living from something, it changes your relationship with it. It's not like I hate it. It's just not what I want to do. And I think that takes incredible integrity for a teen actor on a super hot show to be in touch with the fact that, like, this is not it for me. I think he seems like a cool cat. (laughs) Because then you also see people who stick around, but you can tell they're not happy, Mm -hmm. uh, whether how they treat their co-stars, how they show up. Because, you know, on one side, I feel that it's a privilege to be able to be in that position. But I think it's a privilege. So from where I'm looking, it's a privilege. And I would do X, Y, and Z. But for someone to be able to say, you know what? No. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think it's really interesting. And I mean, he's young. He can obviously re-enter acting if he wants to. But it's it's an interesting perspective because he's a teen and he said, I've been acting since I was eight, which has still only been like, you know, eight or 10 years. But it's like, well, that's how, most of his life. So yeah, that's his experience. Have you guys ever quit a job for self-care reasons? Yes. You don't have to name the company, but did you feel empowered afterwards or were you like, what did I just do? I did feel very empowered. And at the time, though, at the, I think this is one of those, like, I don't know, a, a myth that I have bought into for far too long. <laughs> and, it, and, it ta- and it took me way too long to figure this out, was that every choice you make is like setting up the next 10 choices that are going to come after it or something sure. like that, you know? And so I think the last time I, I quit a, a, an art job for self-care right. reasons, I was terrified that I was sealing my fate, that I was like, well, I've just turned down this creative job. Right. So now I got to go do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that, that doesn't need to be the truth, right? And I think I breathe through it and I'm in, you know, now with some time, I look back and I definitely made the right choice for so, so, so many reasons. But it was really, really scary and really, really hard. I'm going to share some of my great earned wisdom. Oh, give it to me. I'm kind of like, I mean, and I think part of it is being an immigrant and Mm -hmm. having grown up, you know, uh, in the situation that I did and also being nauseatingly pragmatic. I mean, I'm (laughs) I'm the daughter of a teacher and an accountant. Mm -hmm. So like two plus two is very much four in my head. However... I was the person in my family who decided that I was going to do things my way. And I've done that every step of the way. So 14 years ago was when I was in my last corporate design job, uh, which by that point, I I had been doing design for six years full time. I was good at it. People liked to work with me. People would hire me. But I had already put myself through massage school at night because even from like the first year or second year, I knew that it's like at some point in not too distant of the future, I'm going to get to a point that it's like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, but 14 years ago, when I had started doing massage, so I graduated from massage school and that was my plan. It was like a two-year plan that I put mm-hmm. ahead of me that you've got to graduate, you've got to get licensed, you've got to 
start building a clientele. You've got to put this much money aside and then you have the permission to leave. So when I bought my studio and I did have the $20,000 in my savings, then it was like, and then they gave me a 10% raise. (gasps) And then I put in my resignation two weeks after that. Wow. Mm. I I believe in taking chances. I believe in doing what you want. I believe in risks, but I believe in calculated risks. Sure. And part of it is because, you know, I knew that if I did it and if it didn't work, then I had like no cushion. There was nowhere I could go back to. Right, right, right. So I just proceeded to create that cushion for myself. And this is what I tell everybody. Because a lot of people have asked me, they're like, how do you do it? Like you complain about something and then two, three years later, you've done it. I'm like, because I look at where I need to be and then I try to figure out how to get there. Mm -hmm. And then I take one step after the other. So it might take two years, but like I tell people, yeah, for three years, I was working full time during the day and I was going to school at night on weekends for massage. So yeah, for three years. I didn't have a life, but yeah. in the whole scheme of a life, that three years was nothing. Right. right. I think that's the thing people, it's easy to forget though. You get caught up in the moment and you forget like a life hopefully is, is not, is quite long. Yeah. And you make mistakes. Yeah. You learn. You get up, you move forward. The next time you get to the same point, you hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. you won't make the same mistake. And in that way, Whenever I talk to my kids, you know, it's like when I say kids, I mean my community kids Mm -hmm. that I talk to is always be open to where your life is going to take you because you never know where it's going to take you and you can learn and your opinions may change about where Mm -hmm. it is that you want to go or what you really like, like the actor that you said Mm -hmm. from Game of Thrones. And always be open and check in with yourself as to where you are and where you want to be. I have this gift of always looking like, three or four years ahead of like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. Mm. And you take little steps. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely not the rabbit. I'm definitely the turtle, you know. And some people say I'm not the turtle, but I think I'm the turtle. I'm fine with being the turtle. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like building a house. You've got to put those bricks one by one by one next to one another. And then you build a house. It takes a while, but you build it and it's yours. <laughs> and it's not going to fall down. So true. Turtle power. Turtle Turtle power. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is amazing. I think on that note, we got to take a commercial break, take stock of our life. (laughs) All right. We are back. We've assessed ourselves and we're better for it. I want to talk about something fun with self-care in pop culture that really got me excited when I was working on it. And I was really thinking about female spaces and particularly music videos, which I think really show women focusing on self-care. And I noticed a trend. There is a super funny, fun type of video, which is female artists using the beauty shop as self-care in music videos. And I love it because I feel like in a way we think of beauty shop or salon as like looks oriented, but all of these are really about the salon experience and being together as women. That's what is important about them. 
what's funny about all of the examples I'm going to show you is the songs, some of them talk about hair and some of them are just completely disconnected from the content. Some of them, uh, the first two are women working out relationships with male romantic partners. And I think it's like using the space of the salon of like, this is a safe place to discuss this and where I know everyone will have my back. So the first one is Why Haven't I Heard From You by Reba McIntyre. on a plane or in your car so tell me why Wow. So wow. that's just a taste of that song, that banger you may have forgotten about from 1994. The song, as I said, has absolutely nothing to do with being in a salon. It is addressed to a, a male partner who we did meet before who hasn't called her after they went on a date. So she has to go to the salon and get suds all over her hair. We have cheetah robes. We have a country video featuring a a black man as a sort of comedic role. He seems coded as gay stylist. Um, just a very fun video. Do you, do you have you guys familiar with this video? No, I've never seen that video before. I have not, but I'm a huge Reba fan. Same. Yes. It's it's not one of her biggest hits, but it's definitely that era of early 90s Reba where she wanted a sitcom very bad and she, <laughs> she made every video like kind of uh, a set piece. And I love her sitcom. I love Reba. I do love the sitcom. I love it. I love so, the sitcom. So, so all these videos were extremely successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they did get her her sitcom. Yeah, so it's just like her being sassy, her having fun. And even though she's like angry in the song, I think the beauty shop location codes the anger as cathartic versus uh, mean-spirited. Uh, cool. So the next example is... Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child. At first we started out real cool Taking me places I ain't never been But now you're getting comfortable Ain't doing those things you did no more You're slowly making me pay for things Your money should be handling And now you have to use my car Drive it all day and don't fill up the and you have the audacity to even come and step to me Ask to hold some money from me Until you get your check next week You trifling, good for nothing type of brother Silly me, why haven't I found another? A baller, when times get hard Need someone to help me out Instead of a scrub like you Who don't know what a man's about Wow. Yeah, wow. absolutely. I- iconic. Uh, some early Beyonce acting there that was not her best work. It wasn't her best work, but it was probably her first work as an actor. Mm-hmm. It was so. early Beyonce. It was early, early, <laughs> early. But the song, absolutely no notes. And the video, again, we have this theme of here's the problem with my male romantic partner. In this case, not that he hasn't called, but in fact, he's around too often yeah. asking for the car keys. <laughs> 
And this time, the girls Destiny Child play the stylist. We have, again, those overhead heaters, which I've been under maybe once in my life, but they are in every single <laughs> beauty salon uh, scene ever. Because it's just so recognizable. Oh, like, yeah. You don't have so to see fun. anything else. You see that, you know exactly where you are. Yes, the curlers, the mm-hmm. smocks. It's. I just need to mention the song is written by Candy Burris. And the song itself has a reference to Scrubs, which she wrote the song No Scrubs. So we just stand a self-referential icon. <laughs> has nothing to do with self-care, but Candy, great work. And then we have my most recent example, which I think is... Definitely the most self care, and I think an evolution. And this is Lizzo. Good I know. And that one is, I think it's a fun evolution because there's one reference to a man of he don't love you anymore, mm-hmm. but it's not so much about him. It's, it's about the, the women in the song and, and anyone uh, that would be jamming out to this song, like feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. I think she really articulates what I think the other two video concepts imply. I think mm-hmm. she is making like the subtext, the text with like, Getting your hair done, check your nails, you feel good as hell. And that's about like your self-care and how you feel, not as much a reaction to other people. So it's definitely my favorite of them. Well, it's culture change. Yeah. Cultural evolution, feminism evolution. Right. And away from the heteronormativity. And that I'm beautiful for me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And if you like it, great for you. And if you don't, you can go, you know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's like, but, but. Being an activist, I just become so aware. And I always say it. I'm like, what I say is from the point of view of somebody who was born at a particular time, grew up at a particular time, and this is what I know. It is not Mm -hmm. the beginning. It is not the end of anything. It's just a chain along the, you know, like the huge mesh of evolution. The people before me taught me this, and this is what I've added to it, and I will hand it off, and I will continue to learn. But when I listened to those three songs, it was so obvious you know which one was the first which yeah. one came like mm-hmm. about a decade after and then the exactly one after that. and that makes me think where are we go okay there's only <laughs> one part of the evolution of the portrayal of women in media that i do not like okay okay we've become more plastic our ideals of beauty have become even more unattainable you know, like on our magazines, uh, what we consider to be beautiful. Uh, what became so apparent to me was somebody had posted these pictures of like these old Hollywood icons, you know, going back to 50s, people like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, Dorothy Dandridge, Elizabeth Taylor. And then the new beauty app that had made these women beautiful. I mean, first of all, they don't need to be more beautiful. Right. They are like, they're icons. So they all had a lot more makeup. Uh, all of them had fuller lips, uh, highlighted and contoured the wazoo and hair extensions and all of that. And in a way, 
like what we see, uh, especially in magazines, especially beauty magazines targeted towards young women. I feel some of the beauty standards put in front of them, to me, it feels so plastic and so unattainable, which then creates questioning, especially for women or people that don't fit into that idea that they may not have, you know, fabulous big perky boobs or and tiny waist and a perky butt and full lips and high cheekbones and X, Y, and Z. In that sense, I I don't like quite where we are. But then on the other side of it, I look and I see that there's just the plethora of role models and icons of different ages right now. And I love that. But the visual representation of it feels plastic to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that kind of goes back to the sort of capitalist nature of it. Of like, there's just more products to push. Yeah. Like yeah. we just didn't. I didn't know that I could get eyelash extensions or make my eyelashes grow 10 years ago. And now I know that. And I do think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I believe people should do whatever makes them happy. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. I just think that the role models that we put in front of them, when yeah. my mom tells me, why don't you look like X, Y, and Z on top of a cover? I'm like, because even that person doesn't look like that person. Totally. Right, right, totally, right. right. Totally, totally. Which is yeah, why I think I like the the salon is like a fun space because again, it's like about I like the process and mm-hmm. I like discussing it versus outcome driven or trying to look like someone else. And I I really think it's interesting that uh, there's a few other examples. There's the show by Girls Aloud, Patience by Ray BLK, The Boys by Nicki Minaj, and I think it's important to acknowledge like most of these acts are black women, and mm-hmm. even in the Reba video, we saw her include black people in the video, which is very unusual for a 1994 country music video. Was that what and, it was? 94? Yes. Okay. So I feel like that sort of radical self-love through loving your body and yourself has been something that, that black women have pioneered. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, well, thank you. I guess what I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> and love the space and just the sort of like feminist power of we like when things are cheetah print robes we like pink weird (laughs) pants you know Mm -hmm. not um i think sometimes there's in the past not so much now there's been a struggle between like feminism and like radical femininity and i like that these i think these pieces i showed i feel like bridge that gap that's my thoughts. Also, there's not one kind of femininity. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think the only problem when you join it with capitalism, then well, it becomes product-based, which usually, right. uh, you know, leaves some people out because they're showing you this thing that you can be. Right. So then a whole lot of people who are not that, don't look like that, don't want to mm-hmm. look like that. Totally. Capitalism ruins everything. Get out, get out of here, capitalism. You're ruining it. It's like easy capitalism. Easy. Yeah, yeah, easy. Just chill, chill out. out. Wait till you're invited into a space. I oh, Capitalism grabbed another slice of pizza. Not everyone's had a first slice. You know, it's like capitalism. You can have your slice of pizza, just not all of them. Yeah. Come there are on. other people. Mm-hmm. Your piece of the pie, if you will. <laughs> Wow. Well, Caitlin, thanks for taking us to the hair salon. That was fun. Thank you. As soon as you started talking about it, I was like, oh, wow. I think 
for the longest time before, like when I was younger, when I didn't necessarily like have the resources or the tools or like even really understand what I was like looking for, like I would when I was like feeling really sad or like really lonely, I would go to like that. The hair salon is a place that I would like feel called to. Like it was a thing that I felt like I could do. Right. Like I could scrounge together enough money to like get a haircut. And that felt like something big. Well, the other thing we get is now that, you know, Caitlin, now that it, we've seen Reba and Dusty's child and Lizzo together, I think I think you're onto something about putting together the trifecta tour. I think we got to see them all together. Finally. Yeah. Dusty's yeah. child, Lizzo, Reba, mm-hmm. please. You know, uh, Reba has done If I Were a Boy in concert. So they've already got that connection. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I think it's pretty much done. Yeah. Can't wait. Coming to your city soon. Can we invite Cher? Uh, whether we invite her or not, she'll be there. She She's not going to miss a good time. Good. And if our listeners don't want to miss you, Puya, where can they find you after they've fallen and stand with you today? Uh, well, on Instagram, I'm Puya Land, you know, kind of like Disneyland or <laughs> Dollywood, except that it's Puya Land. Uh, P-O-O-Y-A-L-A-N-D. That's like, you know, it's a one shop, uh, one stop shop everywhere. On Twitter, on Instagram, I have a new film, new feature film coming out in um, our first stop in the festival circuit this year is South by Southwest. (gasps) Our film, See You Then, uh, written by Mari Walker and Kristen Uno and directed by Mari Walker. And my co-star is like the amazing Lin Chen. If you don't know Lin Chen, you should look her up. This woman last year, she wrote, directed, and starred in a film which was a part of a trilogy and went to South by Southwest. And she was my co-star. So when people tell me, how's the movie? I'm like, Lin Chen is great. I don't know about me, but Lin is great. (laughs) Um, And I'm very proud of that. We shot it like about a month and a half before the lockdown. Wow. Um, yeah. So in a way, it was kind of a blessing because had it not happened, God knows when we would, yeah. have, we would have shot it. It's making it's um, round. The first one is South by Southwest. After that is Disorient, which is a festival primarily to give platforms to Asian American artists. Uh and then after that, you know, there are a few, a few like Atlanta Film Festival and uh, Florida Film Festival and hopefully more to come. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Um, beyond that, beyond that, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> that's a, that's lot. a lot. That's, that's, a that's lot. plenty. <laughs> you know, that I always want amazing. more. And this, I, I want to give that credit to my mom. My mom and I have an interesting relationship because my mom did come to this country specifically for the purpose of bringing me so I could transition. Mm. So more power to her. She was almost 50 years old at the time. And she always says when she talks about perseverance and, you know, it's like just doing it because you have to. uh, She left Iran, her country, her family, um, the world that was known to her, come all the way across the world uh, to start a life. And now we talk about representation. We talk about supremacy and all of those things that my mom was dealing with this stuff 20 something years ago as an Indian American woman. So a shout out to amazing women, one of whom happens to be my mom. I mean, sometimes she can also be a pain, (laughs) but she is strong. Mm -hmm. She's opinionated. 
She's open to change. She has more perseverance than anyone I have ever seen. And to all the listeners out there, I would say instead of looking outside and in TV shows, sometimes we do have those amazing people around us. Because I always say I am a product of my own making. What do I mean by that? I looked around. I saw people that I wanted to be like. So I took a little bit from this person and a little bit from that person and a little bit of Oprah because everybody needs a little bit of Oprah. Oh, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And a little bit of my mom and a little bit of, you know, my grandmother. Like, you get your kindness from this person and perseverance. And, I mean, it's not a done deal. I'm still learning every step of yeah. the way. I've learned from you two today. But that's how I feel that we become more. Yeah, We become yeah fuller we become a more expanded version of ourselves and we get to have confidence in who we are because we have put time and effort into making that and when you make who you are then very rarely can somebody else come and shake that yeah. i love that love it <sighs> well All i right. was our, i was already a stand before but i'm a bigger stand now thanks for being here today Stand stands. If you're not already, you can follow us at We Stand Social. We're on the gram. We're on the TikTok. We got a Gmail account. There's more ways to reach us than is probably necessary. <laughs> but you cover all the bases. We like to cover all the bases, and the DMs are open. All right. We'll see you next time, Stan Stands. Bye. Stay safe, everybody. Sarah Michelle Gallo, Buffy, the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their own.